everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Find Your Model Health podcast. For those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host. I'm Shmaine Linney. I'm a nutritional therapist, integrative health and hormone practitioner, certified iridologist and biohacker. I'm very happy to have you back with me for another piece of your day and hopefully another valuable learning experience. This episode should be quite interesting for everybody. Before I go on though, I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. I would also like to recognize this episode's sponsor, Treats by Carla, who specializes in handmade chocolates and other chocolate treats made in a dedicated gluten-free kitchen in Airdrie, Alberta. She has options for dairy-free and vegan customers as well. And you can reach out to her through Facebook or Instagram through at Treats by Carla if you would like to taste or order any of her products. We have been consuming Carla's treats since she first began and I cannot recommend them enough. Most of my clients know I'm a huge chocolate fan and I always go for the best quality and hypoallergenic while I can and um, Treats by Carla just knocks it out of the park every time. The salted caramel and the butter rum uh, my top favorites. Anyway, let's get on to this week's conversation or episode. Today, we are looking at hormones and alcohol. How does alcohol affect your hormones and could reducing alcohol help with your journey of rebalancing your hormone? This is relevant for nearly everybody. Nearly everybody I speak to, all of my clients, my followers, have some sort of hormonal issue, which is not surprising because of the way we live nowadays and society and the stress we all have been through and we go through daily. Um, So most people are on a journey of improving their hormone balance so that they feel better, but also function better. And alcohol, for many people, can be playing a part there in impeding your results. Um, So, I'd say I get asked about alcohol a lot, um, but that's not true. I don't. Most people don't like to discuss alcohol because it's almost like their sneaky little secret treat, something they don't necessarily want to give up. They don't want to admit that they're having alcohol. They don't want to admit how often they're having alcohol. And I always say to people, well, look, I'm not here to judge. You have to be honest with me or I can't help you appropriately. Um, And most people, alcohol consumption, it's not a lot. Most of the people I speak to, maybe two or three drinks at the weekend. I know during the pandemic, there was a lot more. I spoke to women who were having a bottle of wine a night, which is insane. I cannot imagine the amount of damage that ensued on their body. But regardless, I'm not against alcohol. I enjoy a glass of wine or Prosecco just as much as the next person. 
but it's in context, it's in balance, it's in coordination with a healthy lifestyle um, and finding that balance between optimizing and maintaining my health, but also having fun and life experiences at the same time. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about today how alcohol affects hormones. Alcohol is one of the leading causes of ill health, disability, death, mental health issues. Apart from hangover, a lot of people will experience that alcohol depression a couple of days later after having alcohol. Those of us with existing health conditions should be even more aware of both the short and long-term effects of alcohol, including those of us with hormonal imbalances. Some of these health conditions where we would want to have more awareness around alcohol is going to be gallbladder issues, which a lot of people have, uh, thyroid issues, which most people have, uh, liver congestion or issues detoxification, which again, most people have. Um, so therefore, most people need to be aware of alcohol. When it comes to hormones and alcohol, it is worth being aware of how it can impact you especially during the years of perimenopause, which I've mentioned before through my solo episodes and with Dr. Michael Platt and several other practitioners in the hormone and health space. Perimenopause can begin anywhere from the age of 25 on, we're seeing. The majority of women, although they may not recognize it, start experiencing changes and symptoms of perimenopause from the age of 30 on. Um, so we want to keep that in consideration when we're considering alcohol consumption because that can alter the way that your body produces, metabolizes, and detoxifies hormones by affecting the function of certain organs and glands, specifically the thyroid and the liver. Your liver is responsible for detoxifying estrogen, especially toxic estrogen, which can make you very sick and have a lot of poor health outcomes. And if your liver is focused on detoxifying alcohol, then we are suspending the action of estrogen detoxification. Enough on that for now. We'll get into more of that later. So alcohol can exacerbate perimenopause and menopause symptoms and even postmenopause symptoms. Alcohol speeds up the aging process. It increases the inflammatory process. It reduces immune system. And of course, it can uh, increase hangover severity when you're not um, detoxifying the hormones in conjunction with consumption of alcohol. Not to mention, if you are undergoing some sort of hormone therapy during perimenopause or menopause, Specifically for those of you that are undergoing maybe DHEA, testosterone, and estrogen therapy, excess alcohol consumption can really hinder the efficacy of your treatment. Um, not so much progesterone, thankfully, because a lot of us, including myself, are using bioidentical progesterone, um, which can encourage the detoxification of alcohol, luckily enough. But when it comes to estrogen, we want to have a lot of awareness around alcohol and even testosterone because testosterone um, through aromatase can be converted into estrogen. And if you already have an estrogen issue, estrogen dominance, 
which a lot of women have nowadays, again, you want to have some considerations around alcohol. Um, so when alcohol enters your body, this is how it works. Because a lot of people don't know how it works. And part of my job is helping people, women and men, and even teenagers and kids, I speak to everyone, understand how their body works. So you consume some sort of alcohol. Let's not even get into the debate of sugar-free and cocktails and beer and all that. Alcohol is alcohol. One gram of alcohol has seven calories. Anyway, you consume alcohol and that is absorbed primarily from the small intestine into the veins that collect blood from the stomach and the bells and even from the portal vein which then leads the alcohol to the liver. From there, when it's carried to the liver, it gets exposed to specific enzymes that are going to help it get broken down and metabolized, and then eventually excreted. Um, within as little as five minutes, alcohol can travel to your brain and begin to disrupt the activities of chemical messengers that control multiple functions, also known as hormones. Hormones are your chemical messengers, and they influence many different things in your body, like many, many, many different things. Uh, so when someone gets exposed to alcohol and they have this interference with these chemical messages or hormones, they can start to um, recognize changes in the body. Um, temperature changes. Your temperature control is influenced when alcohol enters the brain because you almost, not almost, we do have a thermostat in the brain that controls our temperature and whether or not we're going to get hot flashes or night sweats, or be freezing, you'll notice coordination problems, slurred speech, obviously, if you drink too much. Acid reflux and vomiting can be incurred by people after just one drink if they already have some stomach da damage. Um, disturbed sleep, the research shows us, contrary to what people think, that alcohol actually destroys sleep, especially REM sleep, which is where we get our emotional therapy. We basically are seeing a meta metaphorical physio-psychotherapist in REM sleep. REM sleep is where we deal with emotional distress and stuff on our mind, but it's also where we reconcile and consolidate our memories and everything we've learned during the day. Alcohol interferes with that process. Um, you may need to pee more often or uh, have more runs to the bathroom, not just with urine, also with stool because alcohol can act as a diuretic and therefore you're also going to lose a lot of fluid but also minerals and that's then going to cause issues with the adrenals and the central nervous system and that, that's a whole other thing. There's a lot of um, issues that can be traced back to that then. Um, so there's a lot of things that the body goes through when it gets exposed to alcohol. And my uh, job here is not to guilt you, is to make you more aware so you can make better choices. Um, and many of us are familiar with the telltale characteristics of alcohol. Um, but there's a lot more going on behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about, um, including its impact on inflammatory processes, 
which directly will impact the thyroid. So let's look at that. When the body experiences some sort of poisoning through alcohol or polyunsaturated fatty acids or maybe MSG, um, whatever this poison is, it's going to cause an immune response, which will then cause an inflammatory systemic response in most cases, especially alcohol. You know, when you have alcohol, you can swell right up, but it's not just in one hand, it's through the whole body or your whole body gets inflamed. When that inflammatory response is activated, that then causes the thyroid gland and the parathyroid glands to become inflamed, which then downregulates or lowers the thyroid and parathyroid functions on every single level. So you're impacting how the thyroid works. You're reducing its function and then its thyroid hormone production. You also impair the conversion of thyroid hormone into active thyroid hormone. When that happens, not only are you slowing down the thyroid, you're slowing down your metabolism. When the metabolism slows down, everything else slows down, regardless of the fat burning aspect, your liver, your digestion, how you produce stomach acids, bile acid, pancreatic enzymes, everything slows down. And when everything slows down, there is more time or more opportunity there for things to break or stop functioning properly. Like for instance, when digestion slows down, you get a reduction in hydrochloric acid. When that happens, you're more susceptible to esophagus issues, acid reflux, ulcers, H. pylori, but also when the digestion slows down and you reduce um, your production of hydrochloric acid and digestive enzymes, of course, you're going to have issues digesting there. So you may uh, experience a lot of diarrhea or constipation, but that has a downstream effect then to the gallbladder and bile production. And that has a downstream effect then to the liver. And your liver is so important. So, so, so important. You need to be detoxifying daily and efficiently. And the liver is a big player in that, not just for hormones, but also for pesticides, which was a topic of one of my more recent uh, conversations on YouTube, how pesticides reduce metabolism by 50%. And a lot of the reasons many of us have slower metabolisms now is because of pesticides. Go check it out if you didn't already. It was um, golden. It was pretty good information. So um, apart from that, the next impact is on the adrenal glands. And if you've been following me for a while or you're one of my clients, you will know well that the adrenal glands and the thyroid glands, they're like sisters. If something happens to one, it is going to happen to the other. If the thyroid goes down, the adrenals go down. If the adrenals are not functioning optimally, the thyroid will not function optimally. So you can just assume if something's off, the other one is off. Your adrenal glands, these are glands that produce your steroid hormones, um, but they also produce our stress hormones, so our cortisol and adrenaline. And they help to, re they do to some extent help to regulate metabolism, uh, blood pressure, they support our immune system, resiliency, um, lots and lots of important functions. Like the adrenals are very important. When the adrenals go, 
you will have a lot of issues, especially with the central nervous system. Uh, I had one client just while I'm here who had severe adrenal dysfunction, so bad that her central nervous system was shot. She couldn't walk across her living room without getting gassed and having to sit down. She, her body just could not function. This was a very slim, somewhat healthy woman. She ate very well. When she could exercise, she did. Like this woman, you would look at her and you'd say, oh my God, she's so pretty. She's so slim. She looks so healthy. But on the inside, she wasn't. So then when her adrenals crashed, um, we had to stop everything. There was no walking. Any walking that was done was just pottering around the house. She just couldn't do it because the adrenals had nothing left. They were empty. Anyway, um, so alcohol suppresses the function of the adrenal glands. And especially with regular consumption over time, that alcohol can be a contributing factor to adrenal fatigue, which I prefer to call adrenal dysfunction, which then... Um, not only does it destroy your central nervous system, that's going to affect your body's ability to fight off disease. You will have increased food cravings, especially for sugar, because your body's like, help me. And it's just trying to survive. So then, of course, that will influence weight gain. It'll increase the inflammatory response. You'll destroy your sex hormones. You'll have no libido. You'll have blood pressure. There's a whole lot that goes on there. You got to take care of your adrenals. And the first way to do that um, is to support your thyroid, in my opinion. So I mentioned cortisol levels already. While initially, many of us will use alcohol to lower cortisol levels, like we might feel like we need a glass of wine or just one drink to help us relax. And one drink can very well do that. And the research shows us, you know, one drink may be okay, but anything more than that, and we start to see problems. So when alcohol does lower that cortisol and adrenaline response, pretty much relaxes us, we're temporarily inhibiting the stress. But if we do more and more of that, over time, that drinking can increase the levels of our stress hormones um, because of the other issues that are having from alcohol. That causes a bigger stress response, um, not just the morning after with a hangover, but also the withdrawal effects from alcohol and the other things that are happening while having alcohol, which we're covering now. So. Um, Although we want to manage our stress and do our stress management practices, our self-care, our breathing techniques, uh, getting good sleep, all that, sometimes alcohol is not the answer, even though it's tempting, because it is going to affect, like I mentioned, the inflammatory response, the thyroid, the metabolism, the adrenals, the immune system, um, the whole lot. And then because of how alcohol works in the body, it can destroy the digestive system. Um, you start to see, like I mentioned, blood pressure issues, mood swings, poor sleep, like you will really get caught in this vicious cycle. And I'm not trying to help you feel bad about consuming alcohol. It's just the awareness. Uh, alcohol will also deplete vitamin C levels. And many of us know the importance of vitamin C to help with... Um, oxidative stress and free radicals. Also, vitamin C is important for 
the immune system, for progesterone production, hormone balance. Um, alcohol interferes with the body's production of insulin. Um, it'll either severely spike insulin, so the next day you have ravenous hunger and cravings, which are not real, they're fake hunger and cravings, but they're being influenced by alcohol's effect on insulin. Um, and alcohol consumption can also increase the presence of glucose in the body, which will give you an even bigger blood sugar spike, especially if you pair it with any sort of high fat or high sugar meal or a high fat and high sugar meal like cheesecake, uh, you're kind of asking for trouble there. Um, so people who have insulin resistance, recognized hypoglycemia, type 2 diabetes, uh, gestational diabetes, like you really have to have an awareness around this. Um, so alcohol in perimenopause, which again, most women will start experiencing the changes after the age of 30. Some women will start experiencing after the age of 25, which makes you think, geez, I've almost had no adolescence at all. Um, but as women, our bodies process alcohol differently to the way male bodies um, do. And part of that is due to the liver and how the liver and thyroid function in a man. Um, and also there's an enzyme called dehydrogenase, which resides in the stomach and the liver and seems to be in higher presence in men um, in both their stomach and liver compared to women. There's also the influence of estrogen here as well because men generally are supposed to have lower estrogen levels than women. They can metabolize and detoxify a lot better than women can. Like estrogen is very problematic for women. Um, so therefore women absorb more alcohol into the bloodstream than a man and that will cause more intoxication but also those other systemic health issues that I've mentioned. On top of this, age will impact alcohol detoxification because of the estrogen, especially where there is estrogen dominance and that ratio of estrogen to progesterone is not ideal. Estrogen, again, will affect liver function, but estrogen slows down thyroid function. Estrogen is a very inflammatory molecule. It causes systemic inflammation and fluid retention in women. But if it is affecting the thyroid, um, it is going to slow down metabolism and the liver function even more. So now you've got a buildup of estrogen, a longer accumulation of alcohol in the body, which then can lead to uh, cellular and tissue aging, impaired immune response, re issues recovering from workouts or injuries or surgeries. You get an imbalance between antioxidant formation and free radical scavenging compared to oxidative stress. Basically, the body starts to age and rust a lot faster. And you know, like a gate, when it gets very rusty, it'll break. Uh, so you could think of your body like that, to put it in layman's term. So in effect, women overall, not just in perimenopause or menopause um, or postmenopause, we're more vulnerable to alcohol consumption 
because of all of these different hormonal changes we experience through life, but also the amount of hormones we have compared to men. And then when, like, there's a whole rabbit hole we could go down and I'm trying to stay on topic. You look at weight gain, you look at, um, toxic accumulation in the body. That's not just alcohol, pesticides, back to that video I did the other day, uh, heavy metals, all of these are going to be playing a part in slowing your body down. And the more you age, the more we tend to accumulate and everything slows down. And it's just the odds are stacked against us. So having an awareness around alcohol is really important because it's one thing that we most definitely can control. And if you're going to have alcohol, I've done lots of videos on how to hack my hangover or how to bind to alcohol. Go check them out or look for them. They're in the podcast and they're on YouTube. But anyway, um, by this effect in the way that alcohol affects hormones, especially when there's a lot of estrogen present, women going through perimenopause and menopause are likely to experience a worsening of those symptoms that we would consider to be, oh my God, I've got the nice sweats, this perimenopause is kicking my ass, or the menopause symptoms. So we're more likely to experiencing a worsening of those symptoms. Alcohol is a vasodilator, meaning that when a certain level of alcohol is present in the body, and I think you know this, the blood vessels dilate. This can then result in a sensation of increased body temperature, also known as hot flushes or at night, night sweats. And as the amount of alcohol within the body increases, the effect gets reversed. So then the blood vessels constrict, which then can cause headache and migraines. And these are a lot of symptoms that we would associate with perimenopause. Then we have anxiety and depression, which are common symptoms of a hormonal imbalance, especially low progesterone in perimenopausal women. Um, and progesterone affects GABA, the gamma amino butyric acid receptors in a positive way. Progesterone works with GABA, which is our relaxing, calming, C-sense anti-anxiety neurotransmitter. But, um, Although one drink can have this effect too, anything more starts to block GABA or it affects GABA in a negative way. Um, and then we get the blocking of glutamate, which is a chemical that promotes anxiety. And as you drink more, or indeed as your body begins to expel the alcohol from your system, you may begin to experience um, a pushback from that. Um, like a rebound effect. You get more anxiety, more negative moods, more mood swings, more weepiness, more irritability. And then this can extend to the next day uh, where you can be likely experiencing what some refer to as anxiety. I've always referred to it as alcohol depression. If you have a lot of drinks on a Saturday night, you're likely to feel depressed on Monday, but it does get referred to as anxiety by some professionals. Um, and that's a term that describes that ex anxiety experienced um, sometimes during the hangover, but usually after the hangover when you're coming down. And perimenopausal women and menopausal women are more at risk of anxiety due to brain and liver aging and that change in the estrogen level, as I mentioned. Um, a few 
another few bits. Alcohol, as I mentioned, really, really affects sleep a lot, specifically REM sleep. Just a few, well, not even one. The research shows us that one glass of alcohol may be enough to turn off your stress response and push you into good, deep quality sleep. Deep sleep and REM sleep are not the same. But what we do see from the research is that um, when you have alcohol, especially more than one drink, you will notice more sleep disturbances and lower quality of sleep. So the opposite to what people think, specifically in that rapid eye movement stage. So because you're not going through the rapid eye movement stage, you're not getting that therapy, that emotional uh, psychotherapy that you need. You're not processing experiences and memories. Um, and that means you're more likely to have brain fog, irritability, um, blood sugar imbalances, cognitive decline, and even um, increased cravings the next day. So you can see then your stress overall will be exasperated the next day. Your willpower will be crushed and you'll have more cravings. You're going to be less resilient. So then there's a higher likelihood that you're going to want more alcohol the following evening. At the very least, you're going to have no willpower around sugar or cravings or whatnot. Uh, so to wrap this up, that was a lot. Alcohol will directly influence hormones and hormone balance and how you detoxify hormones. Um, it'll influence thyroid metabolism, adrenaline, or the adrenals, which then will have an impact on adrenaline, progesterone. When we're going through perimenopause and menopause, our focus really is, I want to detoxify estrogen efficiently because estrogen has so many negative effects and it'll just make you feel rubbish. In order to do that, my liver and my bowels have to work optimally and even my other detoxification organs. In order for them to work adequately, I need to be optimizing thyroid and metabolism. That then will help with the resiliency of the adrenals and the central nervous system that will speed up circulation and detoxification, therefore um, bowel movements and liver excretion and even sweating excretion of toxins through the skin. So our focus really should be optimizing for thyroid health and metabolism. And there are ways we can do that. One of my first approaches is boosting progesterone with bioidentical progesterone for many reasons. But one of them is because progesterone has a direct positive influence on the thyroid. Progesterone speeds up thyroid function. It reduces inflammation. It increases the core temperature, which then further increases your metabolism. It speeds everything up. Um, so that's that's usually my first approach. Yes, there's other things I do, but I'm speaking to you now. Um, you need to be aware of the effects of alcohol on your hormones and make better choices when you can. Maybe one glass, maybe not 10 glasses. 
maybe vodka tonic, not a cocktail. Like make better choices, but have that awareness that this is going to affect me. And in the meantime, when I'm not drinking alcohol, I want to be supporting my thyroid and metabolism, which then will support liver and detoxification. So I hope you found that helpful. A little bit longer than other solo episodes, I think. If you have any questions, please reach out to me at shemainsmodelhealth.com or Facebook and Instagram. I'm Shemaine's Model Health. Please share with anybody you think would benefit from this because I bet nearly everyone, including men, would benefit from this. Nearly everybody has hormone issues. Um, please like, share, and subscribe if you haven't already. If you feel this was helpful and I deserve a review, I would really, really appreciate that. Reviews and likes and subscriptions help small businesses and small podcasts like my own a lot more than most people know. We really appreciate it. Um, Otherwise, I will chat to you guys really, really soon. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Treats by Carla. I promise you will not regret it. Also, tell her I sent you and you will receive a 10% discount. Okay, bye-bye, everybody. Yeah.